Have a party. Pump up the bitter. Test it. Pump up the bitter. Pump up the bitter. Pump up the bitter. Well, it's another grey Saturday afternoon here in the Chicagoland area. We've had some nice weather, but today it's overcast and I'm standing in deepest Itasca, Illinois, in an industrial park. But there's a, there's a van outside and it says Church Street, righteously good beer. And I think if I look here, here we are, we've got the door, we're going in and we're coming into the brewery and by golly, they have international flags hanging up there. I'm pleased to see they have the uh, Union Jack, Scottish flag, the Irish flag, and they got some German flags, and of course, in its place, the US flag. And sitting right here in front of me are two lightly looking people. Who, who, who are you? Do you have something to do with this brewery? I'm Lisa Greger, I'm one of the owners. And I'm Joe Greger, I'm not a brewer. You both got the last same last name. Can I assume something from that? Yeah, I think it's safe to assume that uh, uh, that we're a married couple. <laughs> good, good. Well, tell us, Joe. How you know you have been around for a while now, right? We uh, took possession of this building in terms of the lease April first, which is probably a pretty fitting date of last year. Uh, we had a lot of construction to do, a lot of build out. Um, then we were finally in position to start brewing in September of last year and we've just been steadily increasing our production rates and uh, getting in the gear and uh, here we are in the summer we're kind of brewing our brains out right now so there's no brewing going on today no just a lot of cleaning so that's my uh, week oh. that's my weekend fun you have somewhat of a different brewing style here uh, at church street because you've you focused a little bit on some of the German beers, right? And and we at the Britain Yankee don't typically get involved in lagers. We're not <laughs> lager guys. He's he's a nice wheat guy. I'm an IPA guy, but the lagers we haven't we haven't got into it. So so tell us a little bit about about what you're brewing uh, in that area. Basically, my introduction to beer, other than you know what I had uh, had as a uh, student in college was uh, in Germany and I used to travel a lot to Germany and I was exposed to German lagers and I just thought that was uh, a whole other beverage that I couldn't even imagine how good that was. So all these years later when we decided to uh, get into the brewing business I wanted to make sure that I had a uh, capability to brew beers very much in the tradition of the beers that, that I'd enjoyed so much in Germany. And part of that is decoction mashing which uh, 
is a very old style of mashing which goes back to times before there were even thermometers. And uh, it also produces a very unique uh, flavor profile and really helps emphasize malts, which is ideal for lagers. How, how does this differ then to the typical mashing progress, uh, process? Well, in a typical uh, mash, you might either do a single temperature infusion, so that's kind of like making tea in a way. Uh, you can also consider doing a multi-step infusion where you gradually increase the temperatures while you're cooking the grains or mashing. But for decoction mashing, during the mashing procedure, you actually take a portion of the mash, transfer it to a boil kettle, boil it, and then return it to the mash. And that's how you get your temperature differential by mixing in with a precise quantity of 212 degree liquid. And that's how you get your next step up. So decoctions can be single, double, or triple. Um, and our system has been designed in order to be able to uh, do any kind of mashing that, that we choose to do. Decoction. How do you spell that? Where De does that come from? Decoction. So oh, decoction. Yeah, oh, D E C O C T I O N. So that's decoction. Where, and, and where does that come from? I mean, I've never heard that word before. So, well, I imagine like a lot of brewing things, it's some translation of a German word, but uh, or it might even be a, a, a literally a German word. But basically, decoction mashing is is discussed in a lot of literature in a lot of homebrewing texts because when you homebrew and try to do a decoction, it's very, very difficult. It's actually much easier commercially than it is homebrewing. Uh, it's also, I think, a topic of recent interest in a lot of the uh, um, newsletters and publications from Master Brewers Association and other associations because um, it is um, kind of a retro way of, of mashing and I think there's a lot of commercial brewers who are kind of looking at that as, as a way of getting different flavors and, and profiles out of their beer. And what's the output of all this? Which is your beer that, what's, what's the name of the beer that comes out of all this uh, work? Well, uh, in terms of decoction mashing, we've used that to produce our Helles beer, which is actually, that's the very beer in Germany that I had, and I couldn't believe that that was the same beverage that, I, <laughs> that I'd been drinking uh, all through college and probably too much of it through college. But uh, we also used the coction mashing for our Hefeweizen and our next two brews coming up, uh, we're gonna deploy decoction mashing. In our British style beers and also in our Pilsner, we've done multi-step infusion or multi-temperature uh, infusion mashing. So we do a mix uh, of techniques depending on what we think is, is right for that style. Very uh, European sounding flavors you have here. So what is, uh, what's the um, uh, other brews that you have aside from what you've been, you know, traditionally brewing here in the European style? I think, I think I've actually tried your Scottish ale. Scottish, yeah. yeah, which is called uh, the Scottish ale is called Shoney. Shoney. Okay, and I've had that and uh, found that to be very enjoyable. Uh, what other ones you got going on? Well, we have uh, an Irish red, which uh, we uh, brought out around uh, St. Patrick's Day. Uh, we have an IPA, which at first I was a little hesitant to do an IPA because I have to admit I'm, I'm not an IPA guy. But luckily we have a 25-year-old. Uh, uh, brewer who is heavily into IPA, so we had him formulate uh, formulate that, and we called that <laughs> Brimstone. 
Um, then our other uh, traditional German beers, we have a Pilsner, and we have the Helles, and we just uh, finished fermenting, and actually we're uh, crash cooling right now the Hefeweizen. So we'll knock that yeast down, uh, carbonate it, and we'll have it in kegs soon after the 4th of July. I, I do like a Hefeweizen. You know, it's, it's refreshing beer. I don't drink them as much as I do the IPA. Well, we'll so, walk but... out to the fermenter and we'll give you a sample right Ooh, out of the Oh, so. lovely. <laughs> well, uh, let's take a quick break here uh, and we'll come back and uh, let's, let's do a little tasting. We're sitting over now in the uh, tap room area, and um, you do have a nice little tap room here that you give samples and you can get growlers from. What, what sort of hours are they, uh, Lisa? Thursdays and Fridays from 4 to 7. Thursdays and Fridays <laughs> now. Now, I know I looked yep. on your website, it was only Fridays. You've expanded. That's good. Right. And uh, do you get a lot of people coming in? Do they find the place okay? We have some people here on Thursdays, it's still building. We've only been doing it for about three weeks. Okay. And Fridays, usually, we're, we're quite busy. Yeah. Friday night is beer night, right? Yeah. So I'm, I've, I've been given the selection of uh, these beers, and it's a, a fine-looking selection. And I'm going to start with the, uh, the flagship, I guess you could call it, the Heavenly Hellas, which I must admit I have had before, but I've got to refresh myself on this one. Mm. Yeah. Now, I had the fortune to go to Oktoberfest back at the end of the 90s and was in the Spartan tent. Oh, okay. <laughs> so the German beer in the flagons was definitely um, flowing at the time. This has a slight remnant of that, but I don't know if Spartan is a Hellas lager. So what makes it a specific Hellas lager? That's a type of brewing style in Germany, right? Well, Helles means bright in German. So Helles was basically the Germans' response to the Czech innovation of coming out with, uh, you know, bohemian lagers that look beautiful in uh, crystal in a glass. 
So the German beers had traditionally been darker. Well, the Helles was the Munich area's response to try to get some of that market share back. So Helles has to be straw blonde, very pale. So uh, the choice of the grain bill is always towards the, the lightest uh, color components that you can get. So it's even lighter than a, a certainly lighter than a festival beer and, and lighter than a typical Pilsner. Yeah, I, I found that uh, there's a lot of people drink it because it's uh, a nice alternative to domestic beers. Well, put it this way, it's a much better alternative to domestic beers. And, and as you say, it's light and, you know, it's refreshing. And, and I agree, it is light and refreshing. So what would you suggest next? I'm going to say, can I go with the Pilsner? Absolutely. Because no, now you, you mentioned Bohemian Pilsners. Okay, I... I, I I know that the Czechoslovakian pilsners are some of the best in the world. Um, are we, is that what we're talking about when we say Bohemian? Yeah, that's what that's what I was uh, referring to. Yeah, that basically they kind of did an end run around the uh, Germans in the European marketplace, and they came up with a great innovation uh, with a beer that looks so beautiful in a in a clear glass. Which, of course, you know, the Czechs have also have a long tradition in crystal as well. Right. So, uh, yeah, that's what I was referring to, and uh, I, I think that uh, the Germans did a pretty good job responding. The way we do the hopping, we're basically putting in enough hops to provide the correct amount of bitterness, but we're not doing a lot of aroma hopping. Mm. What I like about it is that when we have different people walk into the brewery, uh, there might be, say, two couples or three couples that will come in, and generally speaking, there's usually somebody who's not uh, familiar with craft beers and they'll ask for the lightest thing that we have and that's why we really appreciate having the Hellas because then we can introduce somebody to a craft beer I think they're you know uh, definitely sensing that it's different than what maybe they've been accustomed to but it's not so intimidating or it's not so different they don't have to learn how to like it which I don't think you got to learn how to like anything uh, they they can enjoy it, and uh, it's a nice introduction, I think, to uh, craft beers. Yeah, I, I would agree, because if you're a domestic beer drinker, try one of these, because they're uh, streets ahead of them. <laughs> okay, so moving on, you've got uh, three more selections here. Um, I'm going to say this one, which is a little darker yellow, almost uh, a light orange. Is this the IPA? It's the IPA. Oh, boy, I'm getting good at this. <laughs> now, I'm looking forward to this. Now, should I drink this one? Because the next two are darker, all right? So should I go with this one? I, I mean, you brew them. You tell me. Well, actually, in terms of uh, the way your palate would respond, I might suggest going with the Irish Red. Even though it looks darker, it's actually made with 85% uh, of that grain bill's Maris Otter, which is a very, very mild uh, grain. And uh, I think that your taste buds won't uh, react so differently from uh, moving on from uh, the, the Pilsner. As I look at the color of this, it's not red. Reddish brown. There you go. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very red. Yeah, okay. Yeah. We don't have too much light in here right now, but I'm not a big red guy. But um, this style, the well, first one that I heard of wasn't really a, it wasn't, red beers weren't really a style way back in the days when George Killian's came out, originally back in the early 80s. Now it's become a formal style, is that correct? 
Well, yeah, you see a lot of uh, red beers, and I think traditionally you do see a lot of them uh, around St. Patrick's Day. So I think that it's uh, often perceived as a seasonal, even though uh, there are many people, obviously, who enjoy uh, an Irish red year-round. I'm getting, uh, whilst you're chatting there, uh, sipping away, and I'm getting a lot of... um uh, more, kind of a malty flavor. That's the uh, Thomas Foster roasted uh, barley that's giving that background flavor. So that's where we're getting our color from. That's the only color component in the beer. So basically we were adjusting not only for color, but also just to get some type of a contrast to the light, sweet Marisotter. Yeah, I, I'm getting the sweetness coming through. And, I, and again, as I'm not a big red guy, this is one of the best reds I've tasted. <laughs> This is, this is quite nice. This, I, I love that roastiness that's coming through out of it. That's, that's very, very good. Yes. All right. Well, so far, so good. Here. Well, we've got three goodies going down now. So you would recommend what next? We've got the Scottish and the I'd IPA. i the Scottish because oh. now, even though the color is actually lighter than our Irish red, now you're going into a uh, higher percentage of the roasted malt and... Uh, the uh, chocolate malt. So you're getting uh, a profile that has coffee flavor, chocolate flavor, significantly more roasted barley than the Irish red. Uh, and having said that, again, it's a 5.5 uh, to 5.7% alcohol. So it's not uh, a beer that, that is, is overwhelming. It's meant purposefully to be something that uh, you know, you can just enjoy, but without being uh, an overpowering beer. I did notice that most of your beers were in the same percent range. Yes. Around about, the was it 5.1 up to 5.7? Yeah, that's my own, I guess, preference in that I think those beers have the flavor that's necessary to really, uh, you know, represent craft beer. But at the same token, I'm not a, ha a high-gravity guy, and I like beers, they say sessionable, but to me that just means something that you can relax and enjoy with. If you can't, you know, work out in the yard or work up a sweat and put down a beer and, and enjoy it, then if you have to nurse it when, when you're really hot and sweaty, something's wrong in my book. So that's why I brew them a little bit on the lighter side. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. I, I often said I look for flavor rather than you know, the intense alcohol. Um, we were tasting a beer the other day. Um, I, it was the um, Mojo Pale Ale from the Boulder Beer Company, and it was on nitro. And it tasted really good. And then they said it was something like 9 or 10%. And I went, good Lord, you know, <laughs> I can only have one of these, you know. <laughs> I've tasted your uh, Scottish... That's what I had, right? Yes, um, hang on. Uh, I'm going down the line quickly here. We've got the Shoney Scottish Ale. I've had this before. I did enjoy it. I enjoy it again. I do like a Scottish Ale. Now, there's slightly different styles. Uh, I know that, um, who is it does the shilling ales? Well, the shilling is just a measurement of the alcohol content because that reflects the excise taxes that would have been imposed on oh. brewers. So uh, if, if somebody was making a high-gravity beer then they might take out the highest gravity components, but then as the beer would continue to run, they would take that to a different vessel and ferment it. So then the gravity of that uh, smaller beer would, might be a 40, 60, 80 shilling, reflecting the alcohol content and the excise tax you'd pay. So patrons in, in taverns could then 
judge what they were looking for in that particular session and if they wanted to go lighter that would be more affordable if they wanted to go heavier they could do that or if they wanted to step all the way into a scotch ale they could do that as well well this one was pretty good and, and i think that's an 80 shilling that's an 80 shilling okay yeah. there we go and and is there a difference between your Scottish ale and a Scotch ale? Yes, there is. Scotch ale, I think typically people are referring to a beer which would be more towards uh, an, an imperial or more towards just a higher gravity, uh, higher alcohol beer. And so we went to the upper end of the shilling range, so it's still referred to as a Scottish ale as opposed to a Scotch ale. And, and it's very good. I, I, in fact... Actually, now I've had a chance to taste the red. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. There's a little bit left. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna say actually, the red and that roastiness. I, if I had to compare the two, and I know they're two different ales, but if I had to compare the two, I'd go with the with the red. I really like that. Wow. <laughs> so that's good. <laughs> a lot of the people in the tap room have really enjoyed the uh, the Irish red. So you know that's something we're definitely gonna uh, keep around. We've left the, the last one, of course, my favorites, the IPAs. Um, here we have the Brimstone IPA. You yeah. say brewed by one of your young colleagues? Yes. TJ. Um, give him a name. TJ is our youngest employee here at Church Street. And TJ's been home brewing uh, for quite some time. When it came time to uh, produce the IPA, I'm, I'm not an IPA guy. And so I was very comfortable asking TJ to uh, fine-tune his homebrew recipes and please come up with an IPA for us. And I think he did a really nice job. So um, we're always happy to credit TJ for a job well done and for somebody who's 25 years old to you know, have a brew that he's formulated, scaled up, and we've brewed and has been really well received. I think uh, that's a, a, a nice accomplishment uh, at 25 years of age. I had a chance to sip it whilst you were chatting there. And I have to say that initially I went, oh, this is different. And then there was this rush of the bitterness and the flavor that came over the tongue. So it finished very well from my perspective. I like this a lot. I find that as you go higher up the IBU scale, it gets more difficult for the palate to say, hey, there's more bitterness here, there's more bitterness here. And, and you know, all these e e extraordinary beers that are way on the end of the scale, we, we haven't found them to be exciting at all. This is about as, as bitter as I'd like to have it. Yeah, it's an 80 uh, IBU, at least in terms of the laboratory analysis, but I think that the IBU scale doesn't really reflect flavor or taste. Once you, you know, even get over 40 or 50 IBUs, I'm not exactly sure that that... Uh, scale is meaningful anymore just like a lot of the colors uh when you get to very dark beers i think sometimes uh those colors don't mean so much but when you're talking about lagers uh, if you're talking about three srm versus six versus seven yeah that's meaningful we'll take another break after our tasting here are we going off to the uh where are we going what's the name of it again well we call this beer el jefe so it's our jefe vice then so we, we've got to go out to the cow and milk it here. All right, we'll take a quick break and we'll pick it up next to the tank. The 
There were three drunken maidens come from the Isle of Wight. They drank from Monday morning, no stop till Saturday night. When Saturday night did come, the lads, they wouldn't then go out. Not them three drunken maidens as they pushed the jug about. Then in come bouncing Sally with her cheeks as red as the bloom. Move up mid jolly sisters and give young Sally some room. For I'll be your equal before that I go out. So now for drunken maidens they push the jug about. It was woodcock and pheasant and partridge and hare And every sort of taint is no scarcity was there There was forty quarts of beer, me boys, they fairly drank it out And them four drunken maidens, they pushed the jug about We've actually walked back into, as you can hear, it's a little more echoey here We'll walk back into the brewery itself and I'm looking at, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, six big beer tanks of what capacity here? Each one of these fermenters is a 30 barrel fermenter. So we have a 30 barrel brew house and we, uh, so we don't double batch. We basically one brew day will go into one fermenter. Nice, and what you've done is, is taken a sample and I'm going to have to hold on. Sorry about the rustling here, listeners. There we go. I've got, to, I've got to hold it in one hand. And he's actually tapped it out of uh, this container, which is, is, is always kind of exciting for me. <laughs> now, it won't be carbonated, obviously. No. But it'll be cold because we are crashing oh. the yeast out of it. So, yeah, I, I can tell there's no carbonation, but, you know, it's almost like a real ale for now. <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm, I, I am getting the aroma off this. This is like... Well, that's very nice. That's Andex uh, Hefeweizen uh, yeast that we use. So that yeast is, I think, really well known for producing a lot of clove flavor and then banana at the back. It's a yeah. very unique yeast. It's been around a long, long time, and uh, I think it's pretty tried and true. Yeah, we used uh, about 60% uh, wheat malt, 40% uh, uh, just the standard uh, uh, malt, uh, and then we mixed it up between uh, dark wheat malt and light wheat malt and uh, you know the barley is just there to you know basically make it manageable in the uh, brewing process so we emphasized the wheat uh, and we had a mix between light and dark just to get a little bit darker flavor and also the color I think is is kind of attractive on this one and of course they're always unfiltered right so they're always cloudy yeah it's yeah it's uh that, that's the case. Now, you, you said you had an Irish, no, what was it, a red rye that you were doing? You had an, whilst we were moving in here, you had an interesting tale about the, the, the red rye ale, which is not generally available, but I, I think based on the tale, I, where did you get it from? That's my son's recipe. So it's like our oldest uh, child, our, our, our oldest son, um, was the one who actually got me into brewing. He decided I needed a hobby, got me a brew kit. <laughs> One thing led to another, but uh, he's uh, the one who came up with this recipe, and uh, he's in the 101st Airborne, stationed out of uh, Fort Campbell, Kentucky, so a lot of times we'll call this the 101st Airborne beer. Oh, that's great, and, and I think you just said he was been deployed out to Afghanistan. Yeah, he's so. currently in Afghanistan, and uh, if you notice, my wife's fingernails are kind of short. That's, uh, 
not not easy for parents i can tell you whether it's in the uk or in the us or anywhere else it's uh it's 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 a, a, a difficult time for parents i can tell you that well we we're all grateful that we got people like him to help protect us and help keep the world free no we appreciate that and I'm, I'm sure that that our son and his comrades would also appreciate the thoughts and he's probably out there brewing beer right now I don't. Yeah, yeah. They don't I do don't, that. Oh no, that's right. Oh, that's I, a bummer. I think, I think not. But I know when he gets yeah. back, that's something we'll we'll enjoy doing a homebrew together. I know that. That's great. Well, we wish him well, and I'm sure he'll be back to be tasting this soon. Yeah, thank you. Well, thank you very much indeed for all those samples. This is really good. Um, let's go back to the tap room okay. and and chat and finish up and see where where people can get your beers. Okay. We'll get out of this nice echoey area in here. It's been an absolute pleasure, guys, talking to you here. You know what I meant to ask you? Why are we not on Church Street? Well, because they're not on Church Street, guys. <laughs> our uh, intention was to actually open up this brewery on Church Street in Addison, Illinois. And uh, we had a preliminary uh, discussion on the building that we were interested in. And we had an initial term sheet, but... Uh, we had gone ahead and, and filed our uh, LLC formation, our uh, federal brewer's permit, our state manufacturing permit, but uh, that location didn't work out, and we were not about to step out of line on all that permitting activity and uh, start Which, which is quite rigorous, yeah. I know, yeah. It's time-consuming, and so we took uh, Church Street with us here to Itasca, and uh, Church Street Brewing Company to us sounds better than Industrial Drive Brewing Company, so we kept it. And, of course, your slogan is? Righteously good beer. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> and if our listeners want to come down visit the brewery, do you do tours? Yeah, we're open 4 to 7 on Thursdays and Fridays. Same as the tap room house. That's right, tap yeah, room we, and we tours. do impromptu tours when, any, when anyone wants a tour or a few people, a group of people, whatever, we just... Uh, rotate and we'll do tours all basically all evening when people are here and the most important information is what's the website and the phone number <laughs> oh the website is um, churchstreetbrew.com and our phone number is 630-438-5725 leave a message we usually it's too noisy to hear the <laughs> phone ring and so somebody will get back to you though I thank you guys very much indeed and wish you all the best in your endeavors here. This is uh, truly a, a breath of fresh beer <laughs> coming into the area in Chicago. So, so, guys, if you see Church Street out there, go find it. It's good stuff. <laughs> thanks a lot. All right. Thanks very much indeed, guys. Belly, 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 belly,
in the beer belly, and I don't reckon it at all. I'm developing the beer belly, the trousers seem too small, the trousers are too small. Then I get fucked out on the disco floor, I can't get my trousers up no more. I'm developing the beer belly, belly, beer belly, 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 beer belly. I'm developing the beer belly, belly, beer belly, 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 beer belly. I'm developing the beer belly, belly, beer belly. Britain Yankee! Britain Yankee! I'll have a pint, young. Go, give us a pint. You got any tetanus? Uh, a pint, please, Barbara. Give me another pint. Please, Barbara.